Hello, everyone, and welcome to another well-played podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. Together, we explore games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. With me, I have Amy Garlitz at Neem852, and she is back. Right, Amy? Yes, I'm back. I'm so excited. You asked me on the show again. This is just awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pleasure to have you back. I loved your conversation the first week. Uh, and super excited to dig in here. Today, we are going to kind of continue our conversation before. Uh, last time, it was about social studies in a gamified classroom. Uh, and sorry about, we had a mix-up that time. I, I looked at the wrong clock, thought thought we were at 30 minutes. We were at like 25 minutes or something like that. So this time, I'll give you the full time. I apologize. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I was having so much fun that I actually believed it was only a half hour long and that time just blew that fast. So it makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not quite so crazy and that, you know, we didn't quite talk for a whole half hour. It was like, what, like 23 minutes, you said? Something like that. (laughs) So today, building off that conversation, Amy and I, uh, we were, we sort of in that episode talked a little bit about some items she does and, you know, an item idea I'd come up with that day. And uh, we we thought we would just kind of want to have this show, this this chat, Amy and I, about items in general. Uh, this is a topic that kind of gets batted around, and I've done other episodes on items, uh, other YouTube on items, and I'm sure there will be many more to come. Because, right, Amy, like this is one of the hardest things to sort of come up with. Absolutely. I it took me years to build up my like stockpile of items for seventh grade, and now I'm kind of going through the the struggle again in eighth. I went and took, went through my old items, saw what I could kind of take and continue on, but I've, I've made a ton of new ones this year. So it's definitely a work in progress. It's definitely something that you can always add to. So it's definitely one of those things that I'm always looking for new ideas too. So this is a fun topic. Yeah, no, I mean, I love talking about items and, uh, this year I put out a YouTube, um, video on creating some items with some tools, um, different templates you can use and that kind of thing. And kind of decided this year that I've added enough to my game that I needed to sort of completely do like a refresh of all my items. So everything's getting graphically redone this year. And with that mechanically done as well, because there's some things I just, they don't make sense anymore. I mean, I, I had like 150 items or something, but, but probably 30 of those didn't work anymore from when I started this whole gamified class to now. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like you, you know, like sort of starting my whole items over and looking at them and deciding which ones I can steal and reuse and which ones I have to start over. Yeah, I actually, I watched your uh, YouTube video on that and that was, it kind of made me feel better in a way. I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one like redoing all this work. So that's good. It, it is a little painful to redo yeah. it, but... Uh, I feel like the game's functioning better for me, uh, having a reset. So you, you kind of had a hard reset with your class starting over and I haven't had a hard reset. So I've just kept adding things and changing some game rules, but then I never updated some old items. It's good if you, if you have been a game of fire for a couple of years, uh, to, to kind of, I think, go through a refresh. Yeah, I know. I think it's kind of, it's, good in a way it's kind of like i had the security blanket of the old items so i don't think i made as quite as many last year as i did in previous years so now it's like brands making new let's like come up with all the new good stuff 
I love it. So let's, I mean, let's dive in. So we chatted a little bit last time and we talked about this. We both have the same sort of desire to, to design killer, just awesome, epic items. Um, but then that, that left both of our games lacking in terms of little items. And, and there's lots of quests and things that happen in our classes that, I, at least for me, I've wanted to pay, but like I just couldn't. Because it was like, mm, that quest isn't like that good. But I was glad you did it. I mean, you did something versus nothing. Uh, right. And, and you did it well. So you should get something for that. But oof, my game just wasn't filled out with a lot of little items. Um, yeah. I feel the same way. Like, um, especially with like, you know, smaller side quests, like a bumper sticker, something like that. That doesn't require as much time. It can be really cool, but even still, you're like, are you really going to give that super awesome, powerful item for a bumper sticker? That's what sometimes I would just give them XP for that. Yep. Or that's where like I was a at. item. But I definitely like what you said with that suggestion of trying to come up with more of those lower level items, like one time use for dice. I think that's an awesome way to incorporate that. All right. So, like this question, and I guess this topic that we just sort of developed right here where I think we should split it a little bit and let's talk a little bit about some of our, some of our powerful ones because some people haven't gamified yet and they don't have any items. Uh, and then we can also talk a little bit about the, these, these one-off, these little ones. Um, I think it's fair to say, right, Amy, that both of us have gone through our own growing pains and we understand what you mean when, when you're sitting there thinking, well, I can give away, kind of just the schooly idea things, you know, like you, you can turn in a homework assignment late, you can get a question right on the test or something like that. Right. Or, um, but those but you, are like the first items that you, you make really. Yes. So, right. Those are my first items. Those are, those should be your first items too, everybody, because kids get them and they don't first get your game, but they get those. So start right. there. But then after that, you're scratching your head what to do. Yes. And uh, so what was like, what were some of the ones, you know, if you want to share one or two from your old game of one of the big ones? Uh, so one of the really cool ones that I really liked a lot that was kind of different was uh, the ninja item that okay. I made for challenges. And this item, uh, the kids would kind of secretly give it to me. They didn't want anyone to know that they were giving it to me before a challenge started. And what this item would do is they could steal a player from another guild and that guild doesn't know it. So if that kid is the one that's always answering the questions and they get a certain number of points, then that group will steal all that guild member's points because the ninja goes and takes his points. Now is that, I just gotta want to know how this mechanically works. Do you, when you're displaying the scores, you know, I'm assuming in the middle of your thing, you're like group one's at 12 points, group you know, two is at eight points. Do you give the scores not counting the ninja yet? And then at the end, you just sort of say, nope, the real score is group yep. B is actually at 14. Yes, that's exactly how I did it because I didn't want them to be able to figure out who the ninja stole or even if the ninja was in play. Like if the kids weren't as cool about it, then some of the kids would know the ninja's in play and that would make all the group members are like, well, we all have to take turns answering because the ninja's out there. Um, or if no one knew, then they, if one kid's the one always answering, that group <laughs> may awesome. lose. I love it. Can there be multiple ninjas in play? Like, could two kids have gotten you the ninja card secretly? 
yes. I did allow the ninja to be played. And what I did was I kind of kept a secret piece of paper that I held up where I have my questions to. And I wrote the names of the students that were stolen by the ninja and kept track of their points separately. And nice. I kept, and I just wrote next to them, which guild stole them. And then at the end I added it. So it was a really simple way to add in the points, keep track of the points without getting confused. That's sweet. Uh, that is a fun one because that's high player interaction. Um, if kids saw them pass you the ninja item, does that negate the ninja? I mean, is part of being the ninja that you have to get that without anybody seeing? Or, I mean, did that not matter? Was that just an extra layer of fun? Yeah, it kind of only hurts them. if I didn't make it like, oh, if the teams know that the ninja's in play, then it's not usable anymore. I kind of made it where all right, if you gave us me in front of everybody, everyone's going to know the ninjas in play and maybe not that one person may not answer all the questions anymore. (laughs) They're all taking turns because they saw the ninja. Uh, But that's a really cool element um, to bring into play. I think another thing that I didn't add since I switched grade levels, but because it was always a samurai versus the ninjas to have a samurai go against the ninja somehow and protect a player could be another item you could add to that which would be really cool. Like a fun combo, like the bodyguard could select one person, you know, before. And if that yeah. person was the target, that doesn't happen. If they weren't the target, then they just sort of wasted their bodyguard. Exactly. That's a good one. Um, I had, well, geez, it's kind of fun to think about different items and I'm trying to think of ones that I could tell you guys without too much a backstory to it. Um, well, one simple one that was a super powerful item kids really loved was I have a lot of dice rolling in my game. And there's one I called the Anubis Shield. You could get it in the Egypt unit. And it allows for a reroll on all realm-related rolling in the classroom. So then there's a lot of that. So, um, And <laughs> the first year I made it, I had a misprint. And it said, like, all, you know, wait, I think I already sold, I told you the misprint. I, it said all realm-related roles. What I meant to say was all your realm-related roles. And uh-huh. so then I reprinted it. But I think that first year, like, three kids got the, like, the misprint. And instead of correcting it and asking for it back, I let that misprint exist. And then subsequent years, I even went so far as to purposely misprint three of them. Uh, and it's just it's just a fun element to a game to have that sort of subculture where like kids know they have the wrong thing and it, it benefits them. And here I've like fakely made the wrong thing, but they don't know that. Like the storyline's <laughs> always like, oh man, you got that misprint, but I'll let you have it. But this means you can even like help your friends because the original idea was you could only re-roll it for yourself. So if you did something and rolled bad, you could re-roll it. The misprint would allow you to like help your buddy out and say, like, oh, Amy, you rolled wrong. Like, I'm not using my Anubis shield today. So, yeah, I'll let you re-roll your die. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I even like how you kept the like misprint. I did. I did. I love it. <laughs> like, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, so that's one. Um, I do... Um, I, th- I think you know about BP. I don't know if everybody understands it, but um, 
BP for me stands for battle points. So a lot of my items have some battle points attached to them. And I use those for most of our boss battles. They can do, BP can be used as like a certain attack value against the boss. The most basic way I've used it was when we play Jeopardy, they add up as a group their BP and that's their starting Jeopardy score. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use BP to like break a tie or have some sort of bonus in a game. Um, something like that. And one of my favorites is I call it Thieves Dagger. And it's just, I think it's just 15 BP. No, it's 10. This is what it is. It's 10 BP per dagger you have is what each dagger is worth. So if you had two daggers, then each of them are worth 20. Oh, cool. So that would be 40 BP, right? And then like if you had three of them, right, you get it. Then it's worth 30 times three. So like, whoo. I really like that because I added BP last year for the first time. And that added like a whole nother level to like the challenges or boss battles or whatever you do. And I'm so glad I added it. Cause I was always kind of like intimidated. I was like, Oh, that seems like it could be really hard to keep track of. And it's really not. It's not. And they just add up their points. Right. Cause and they added up themselves. And then what I do is I'll put like, if your group has this like a hundred battle points among yourselves, then you guys can get this extra power yeah. or you like purchase different abilities just for that challenge for that day. And it's really like awesome. They love that. That's a neat idea. I haven't thought about using it as like a for the day kind of currency. Like here are three things. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And so like they can decide like one of them, I'll usually make like a lower BP amount. Like they could deal a question from a team, but then that takes away that BP for the day. So let's say they have 150 BP, they use 50 they can only use a hundred more after that. Yeah. No, that's cool. BP yeah. was uh, a necessity invention for me. Uh, when I'm first year gamifying for the entire year, all I had was XP for almost the whole first semester. And there just comes a point where kids just like, it sort of becomes stagnant. You know, like the top 20 kids are the top 20 kids. And anybody outside of the top 20 isn't like, motivated they're like i'm not gonna be in the top 20 so i don't i don't care so i was like "Ooh, i need another currency because this we have a whole nother semester to go (laughs) so it was almost a reset then then that kind of excited some kids to be like well i have the most you know bp or i'm a i'm really strong with bp um and it ends up being as you pointed out a really flexible currency because i i just get to these boss battles and i can use it any which way i want it's just it's just a number it's an indicator and it lets me really you know build out in different events so yeah so absolutely. add that to your game guys add it to your game it's not that overwhelming yes um, don't be afraid don't wait don't yeah. wait and if you're not doing something with battles i mean just like call it whatever you need to call it you know i don't it doesn't matter call it like bits of data or whatever if you're in some hacker theme but like more data bits they have or whatever yeah um so another super powerful item in my game uh it's actually current in in this unit in my egypt unit in hotep the the architect of the pyramids has gone missing and it's the scavenger hunt that kids have to like figure out where he is and the final like battle for this if they end up 
winning, one of the items they get is what's called Inhotep's level. And what it does is it's a one-time use, but it's epic. It will level your house equal to the house that's in the first place. Oh, wow. So I will just calculate out that like, oh, you guys are 8,000 points away from first. And I'll just manually add 8,000 points to their house, bringing their house up to equity. Um, and like students are like, that is insane. That is huge. Oh, I love that. And I feel then, like I'm going to do this, something with that. <laughs> that's no, that's a, that's a fun one. And then like hearing the class try to figure out like when they should use it. Cause the first thought is like, Oh, we'll just save this to the last day, hand it in. And I'm like, clearly there is an expiration date on that. And they're like, well, it's not written on there. And I was like, I get to decide when it expires. Yep. <laughs> they're all like, we should use it right now. We should. And I'm like, well, it, it doesn't expire right now. I know. <laughs> Wait for the right moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I love that. And I, I think that helps with like the whole, um, yeah, with the camaraderie, with the teamwork and stuff. But then I also like, I have this new item that I made for this Revolutionary War unit coming up. Um, well, and actually probably for the unit after that too, but, uh, Hamilton's dual item that will allow kids to challenge someone else in the class to American history, quick duel. Like they each get like one question, whoever answers the fastest can get an item out of like, or maybe one of my scratch offs. That could be another way I'm trying to finalize how I want to use it. But I think that's a co- good way to get those killers into your game or provokers. <laughs> I like it. Yes. That's awesome. I wonder if, um, I'm trying to like tweak that a little bit. What if, cause I, I think that we all have some students that just doesn't, yeah, I mean like all teachers, there's some kids that just don't know our content. And so I want to mm-hmm. like, how would you twist that? So everybody doesn't just keep challenging Jimmy, the right. guy that doesn't know so that they get a free win. Um, I would say maybe they have to challenge someone at the same level or above them. That oh, that's that's not bad. I like that. I was trying to think, a- like, could you make, like, a challenge pool? Like, anybody can enter. Um, and maybe there could be, like, maybe it's, like, a decreasing bonus. So you could, you could say that, like, Everybody's going to get challenged so many times. If you win all your challenges, you walk away with 500 XP. But each time you get one wrong, each time you lose a duel, like you're down 100 until you're eventually at zero. Oh, yeah, I like that. So it's almost like a separate pool of points that they can use for duels. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good way to tweak it. That's so why I've been playing around with that because I feel like doing a duel would be a really cool thing. They love Alexander Hamilton thanks to the Hamilton musical. So yeah. I think that would be a really cool thing to add. No, I think that would be awesome. You could then uh, actually, if you keep some sort of track to it, you could give a little like streak bonus. I like that. That'd be awesome. And I'm like, oh, I should make like an area in my room that's like the dueling grounds. And they could go there officially. That'd be so cool. You know what you should do? You should have them. They wouldn't be walking away from each other. You should have them side by side. 
have them take three paces forward and then turn around and the question is up on your board. Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You oh, should do it. I won't be in your class. <laughs> if I leave now, will I get there in time for tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. See, we just made a whole new item on the air. That's how it's done. <laughs> this is how it's done. You just sort of play with it. You sort of talk out like the theme, right? So Amy had an idea thematically, but didn't quite know the mechanic yet. And you just sort of play with it. Yes. There that's, you go. That's that's awesome. Uh, okay, so we talked, and we shared a couple big items, um, and I I know we could go on and on about them, but I also want to give some time to the the real challenge. I think is the is the small challenges. Yes. Absolutely, that is where my struggle has been. Um, I definitely have made some small items with just battle points on them. And I think that's helpful. Um, and also, I think like smaller items could be like listening to music in class if you're working individually. But yeah, so I think like those little items like that can help. Even um, like the small sphere, like that's to like skip a turn or make another group skip a turn and a challenge. Um, so those are like my small items, like my guy to go to. And I talked about the fort the last time. Yeah. What are small items? So my small items, well, given the refresh, given that I was starting over, what I did first was when I looked through my old items, I decided to take some things that were permanent features, you know, like like the Anubis shield that they can re-roll that I told you about. And for some of them, this isn't one of them, you all of a sudden make it like a so many time use card. You know, you might say get to re-roll three times. And then I put this little graphic on each card and the number of those graphics equal the number of times you can use it. So if there's one little lightning bolt, it's a one-time use. If there are three lightning bolts, then I'm going to cross out a lightning bolt when you use it, you know, and you can use it two more times. Um, so really most basic is take some of your big ones and just say like, that's a sweet power, but like that would also be a sweet power to use once. That would also be a sweet power to use twice, you know, and uh, the thing that I realized is I, I, the first time doing this, much like a lot of you guys talk about, you're nervous to present this game to kids. You're like, they're not going to dig it. So there's this natural inclination to, there's, to make things super awesome. Like, here's a sweet item because I think you're not going to care about my game. And the reality is they will care about your game. And I'm, I'm having more and more confidence in the fact that like I can make some of my awesome items into okay average one-time use items mm -hmm. and these kids don't know the difference they've never played my game so they're like sweet i can re-roll once and you're like yes that used to be you could re-roll all year long <laughs> like, <laughs> but like they're like sweet oh yeah it's it is funny because like um it's interesting this year because i have some kids that i had last year so they know what the sweet items are so it's been harder for me to like get them excited about these smaller items because they're like last year i had all of this and now i'm at nothing yeah <laughs> so now they're like trying to work their way back up and they're like oh, oh. i can't really you know what you could do amy because <laughs> you're like if i remember correct from the last time we did our show you have a little futuristic time travel -y dystopian theme yes 
these kids could like have a what do they call that? Like a a paradox of time, a time paradox. Yeah. Where they, they go back in time, but that they have to be really careful because they exist twice back in time. They they the future self and their current self, and you could like have a challenge where they might be able to bring something back that they had. Ooh, yes. Oh, I like this a lot. Like who? But like it's a risky mission because you could create a paradox and your future <laughs> self would cease to exist. Oh my gosh. So many of my students would get so excited about that because they're like, oh, I want to try and get like this type of item again. And like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, if you win, if we do some kind of sweet side quest, I can give that time machine or time paradox item. And maybe they have to like, roll the dice to see if they can get back and get back in time and then roll the dice again to see if they get back. And if they do, then they can get the item. Ooh, that'd be fun. I like that. Uh, some of my little items that I did come up with new this year, uh, definitely some that are in some boss battles. So, um, one I like, I call it the heat shield. Students can, sort of when somebody in their group they know like the answers on the tip of the tongue but they can't actually bring themselves to answer it a student has to wait for that moment then they can say i want to use my heat shield and they can try to answer it instead of the kid that was called upon and it's sort of a permanent except the moment you get it wrong you lose the heat shield so it's like a one-time use if you get it wrong or it is you know you can have it the whole year but the moment you get a question wrong and remember, both Amy and I, all of our items can only be used once a day. So you, that kid can't answer every question. All right. Yeah. So um, making items one-time use makes made my life so much easier because my first year gamifying, I was like, oh, I didn't have as many items. So I was like, let's let them use them as many times as they want in a day. And that made it really, really confusing for me because I lost track of who had what and who was skipped and who was it. And it just got, became a mess. So if you can do it as a one-time use item, except in maybe like those rare occasions where you get a certain item that will allow you to do that. I think it makes your life a lot easier. Uh, I 1000% agree with Amy here. Um, that is probably one of my single most important rules is that items are one-time use. The other uh, big rule I have is that, Items can't be traded within the period. Um, why I do that one is I have some items that, uh, let's say, I have one that like they can come up to me and they, they sort of get a benefit for using that item. But if they were allowed to trade it, literally they would only need to have one item in the whole class period because then they could just hand it to their buddy. The buddy would get the benefit. The buddy would hand it to their, his buddy. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, nope, like that would break the game, like. This is meant to be used uh, once a day, once per person. No yeah. Trading. I had the same thing with like the, I had an African shield that would protect kids and like they were trying to like pass it along to their friends. And I was like, uh, no, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Only one time per day. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. Can't, can't <laughs> double use. Um, making small items though. I have been finding some fun with that. Uh, like I said, playing with these kind of one-time use or these one-time until it breaks kind of thing. I have some like little, I call them light utility axes or whatever. They roll, and if they roll a one through four, they, they get 
50 XP. But if they're all a five or six, it breaks. Oh, yeah. I like that item. Actually, I stole that one from your book. And the kids all love that one. And it's funny because that's one item that they kind of, like, they all give it out early on, but they don't really realize the power of it until a little bit later. So sometimes they, they'll forget about it. And then all of a sudden, like, one kid will start using it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I have that item. And then a bunch of them will start using it. And it builds up over time. Like, I had a kid place last year pretty high up like in the top like 25 and stuff and he got so much xp just from using his utility axe and it just never broke he was like on a lucky streak <laughs> nice uh like i said too then have items like whatever you have whatever you do in your game like have items that can kind of like augment those so like i told you i do a lot of die rolling so then I now am adding a lot of these one-off things that will affect the die, like add a number, take away a number. Um, I have some that use two dice, and so I've gotten a little more complex with some of my other items where you can, do you know that the dots on a die are called pips? <laughs> do you know that? So like, I heard that from the math teacher at my school, actually. They taught me that. Yeah, so I have one where like, they can take the pips off one die and add it to another, thus sort of changing. Like, because I have some that like all all your rolls have to be even or something, and if you know you can sort of adjust the die that way, or if you need to get to have a some of my items have a differentiation, so it's like what you roll, it's the difference between one die and another die. So if you're able to shift some of those pips over from one die to another, you're really making that a wider gap and the item more powerful. Oh, I like those ideas. That's great. <laughs> I'm still Steal them, but then when you steal them, make one version where that's like a one-time or like a three-time or whatever, and then make another version where that's like permanent. Yes. I know. Yeah, adding those levels definitely helps. Like yeah. I said, I floppy disk item which is only like one minute long of open notes and then i had like last year i've, I've got to make new ones but last year i had like the sacred scroll item which was like three minutes of open notes and then you know they had an item where they could roll the dice to see if they can add an extra minute onto any existing items they had to help them with the test so they all really like that one too i love it i love <laughs> it well amy this time we have officially made it over a half hour. Woo! Can we did it. it. We did it. We did it. And again, I think time flies. Uh, but we do have this quote for today. This comes from Lao Tzu. Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself is true power. How does that relate to our topic today? Um, well, I think with this, you can take it in so many different ways, especially when we're talking about items. Uh, because, you know, mastering yourself could be, you know, you're mastering your content uh, to earn all these items that give you this extra power. Uh, mastering others, it could deal with how are you going to use these items that you have? Are you going to use them for, like, good for yourself? Or are you going to use them to kind of spread chaos everywhere? Um, I think it's kind of interesting because you can take it many different ways as far as items go. No, I... I like it. I think gamification, I think, and the topic of items, this quote hits the nail right on the head that like, uh, there's true power in, uh, the item. So mastering others is strength, right? So like some of our items skip a turn for somebody else, 
but this ability to like master yourself, which is what our entire game is about, right? It's about becoming the best version of yourselves, right? That's true power. And I think kids that have played the game over the year feel that. I think they feel truly empowered. I think they really feel like, wow, I can tackle different challenges. I know more than I think I do. Like they're just really empowered and it's kind of awesome. That is awesome. Love it. So thanks once again, Amy, for joining us on Well Played. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'll be back anytime you want. (laughs) Uh, You said that once and we got you back on the show. Like quick turnaround. It it is a blast. Uh, And I really do love having you on the show. So that is a must. We're going to have you back on. Uh, For the rest of you listeners out there, don't forget to check out Explore Like a Pirate. I would be eternally grateful if you also subscribe to my brand new YouTube channel. There are plenty of things on there. Uh, Interact on there, post questions, uh, do whatever you got to do, but please connect. And also, please try to bring a little fun and joy into your classroom. Thanks for listening. It is an honor having you listen and play with us each week. Enjoy your week and play on.